0: to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 13. All right, we're going to start there, Matthew chapter 13, and let's pray before we jump into this. Come on, I'm going to give us some truths today. I'm going to give us some truths to battle something that I believe is a battle that believers are in, a, probably more so in this battle than any other battle. And I want to just show you how the word is going to give us a pattern to, to, to combat it, not only combat it, but, but actually defeat it and walk a different way. Is that fair? All right, so let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for your spirit here today in this place. I thank you for the gathering of believers. I thank you for the gathering of people that that have just come together over a simple truth, which is we are broken, and we need a Savior, and you are that. And so we come together over that from different backgrounds, from different walks of life, and we come together over that truth that we are broken and in need of a Savior, and we found you, and you found us. We're thankful for that. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here today to reveal your word to our hearts, to reveal your living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword word, to cut us to our very core, to separate truth in our lives that maybe we have set up, that it led us to death, and all of a sudden you give us a new pattern of life. We thank you for it. Father, let our ears be open today and our hearts be receptive. In Jesus' name, and everybody send... Amen. So I told you to go to Matthew chapter 13. What I want to do today is simply this. I want to just deal with one very, very, very simple pattern or one simple battle that, that we struggle with, and that is the battle of being double-minded, okay? I want to deal with the understanding that believers, one of the battles that you will struggle with the most is being Double-minded. In fact, the book of James spends so much time in James talking about the man that is double-minded, the man that has one thought here and one thought here, and the reason he does not receive when he asks of God is because he has one thought in this place and one thought in this place. And Jesus is going to talk about, even through the gospels, about even when he talks about serving two masters, even though he's talking about, uh, about uh, finances at the time, saying that it's impossible for us, even in our minds, to serve two things. But yet, what I believe and what I see more than anything, and I, and I tell you this because I see this in my own life, I see that we struggle And that one of our struggles that we have is not that we do not have the opposite information of what our flesh wants to do. Or we don't have the word of God. It's that we have the word of God concerning what God wants us to do. But because we are still of two like minds, we are still of two minds, meaning our minds are being pulled in one direction of the way of the worries of the, of the flesh and also being pulled by the patterns of heaven. There is this fight between it. If you've been in church, listen to me, if you've been in church longer than five years, then you most likely, especially I hope that if you've been in this house, you have been given patterns that lead to life. You have been given, Corey, am I wrong in that? No, Corey, I'm not. I'll just talk to Corey today. Corey, if you've been in this church for the last five years, God has revealed patterns in your life, has given you strategies on how to walk in life, right? And away from death. That is just the reality. That is what God has invested in this. So it is not, I do not believe that we are coming to church to find, oh man, I don't know what to do about this. If I just had what the word said, I don't believe that. I believe right now we are so inundated in the church with good teaching, with good gospel, with good... We, you can go on your phones right now and pull up the greatest teachers that have ever taught. Is, am I wrong? You can go on your, on your phones right now and pull up the greatest teachings that have ever been taught on the Word of God right now. So it's not that we need more information... It's that struggle between how do we now get into the world of the information that we have, which is the kingdom information, and and push back against the plan and the worries of the world. And, And you see this parable in Matthew chapter 13. You see this parable and Jesus is talking about the parable of the seeds here about some seeds fall on the road, some seeds fall here, some seeds fall there, some seeds fall on good ground and they find and they take root. But he's going to say something in Matthew chapter 13 verse 22 and he says this about this seed. And this seed is talking about the word of God. This is the seed that the word of God is given, but the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke that word and make it unfruitful. See, I do not believe that we are people that are struggling to get a word. We have access to the Bible. We have access to good teaching. What we struggle with is that word finding good ground and not being choked out by the worries and the concerns of the world. Are you following me on this? Am I the only one that's in this place? Okay, thank you. So here, follow me on this. I need you to see this because what we need to see first is the pattern and the plan of the enemy so that we can then see and call it out that there is a plan, a wicked plan of the enemy to call something out and then now then to see what God's word is against that thing. We have to, number one, see that there is a plan of the enemy to keep believers in a non-moving place. And what do I mean by that? Meaning, think about this. If the enemy cannot steal what God's done in you, meaning if the enemy cannot take the righteousness of God, if you have already said, okay, God, I am yours, okay, that's great. If the enemy is like, okay, I can't take that from him, but what I can take from them is I can take from them moving forward. Are you following me on this? And so if the enemy through the worries and the cares of our flesh and the worries of the day can keep us stuck in a place where we are never moving really backwards. Like we're not backsliding into any past sin, but we're surely not moving forward. It feels though, to a believer, it feels like, well, I'm getting the word, but then there's this struggle, and then I worry, and then that word is taken away. So I got the word, which was designed to pull me forward, but I don't move forward because the enemy drags it and rips it out. Are you following me on this? So then what do I have to do? I have to go back and get that word again, right? So that's designed to pull me forward and to move me forward into what God wants for me, but then what happens? The worries come in, the struggles come in, and they take me back. So I haven't really regressed into any wickedness, but I surely have never moved into the plan of God that he has for my life. And so it's this wicked cycle, it's this wicked cycle of receiving, losing, repenting, receiving, losing, repenting, receiving, and it feels, follow me on this, and it even feels like a spiritual thing because every time you're still going back to receive back from God. Are you following me on this? So it's not like God, it's not like even like you're losing the things of God and then just running back to your life of sin and just being wicked. You, you, you don't even run that far. You just lose it and go, well, maybe next Sunday I'll get it back. Maybe Pastor Chris will give me that word again, and so I'll get it back, and I'll be encouraged. And then Tuesday rolls around, and the worries of the world roll in and steal that back. And now all of a sudden, I'm back in the same spot, not backtracking. I'm in the same spot, but then there's that desire. I want to go forward, so I go to church again, or I get in that Bible study again, and I go get that word again, only to have it Stolen. And I have seen believers, mature, outwardly appearing, mature believers that have been in church for 30 years. And if you looked at them and you see, oh, well, they were a brother so-and-so and they were deacon this and they were sister that and they've been in the children's ministry for 20 years and they've been a greeter this and they were another. Man, they've been, they've been in the building But they have never moved forward into the things of God that God has for them because it is a constant receiving, choked out, repenting, receiving, choked out, repenting, receiving, choked out. And it is just Sunday to Sunday. To Bible study, to Bible study, to sitting in a seat, to, well, maybe if I volunteer here, maybe that'll be the thing. Maybe if I volunteer here, maybe that'll be the thing. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I sit closer on Sunday, maybe if I stop sitting in the back and just slowly move forward as if somehow magically moving closer to me will get you any closer to God. It's not. Just so you know. There's nothing magical up here. Nothing. The same God that is here is the same God that is sitting where you're at. All right? There is no line between the haves and the have-nots. There is the same God here and the same God there. The same God that deals with me is the same God that deals with you. Follow me on this? But what I'm saying is, is what God's really dealt with me is that we... There has to be an awakening of believers to even see the fact that there is a scheme of the enemy that feels right to man because it feels like, think about this, he could even use the things of God to make you trapped in his plan. That, 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 always seeking to get something, always seeking. That feels good because it feels like I'm going to God. It feels like I'm moving to God. But in all reality, I'm not going anywhere. So there's a feeling that this is a godly act, But the reality of it is, it's a wicked plan of the enemy to keep believers trapped in seats Sunday to Sunday, never stepping into the ministry that God has for you. And I ain't talking about a ministry that results in you being on a platform. I'm talking about the ministry of reconciliation that Jesus Christ himself gave you individually, whether you ever have a microphone or a stage or not but because we never step into that ministry of reconciliation we are trapped in this wicked scheme of until i get it i can't go and do it until i get it but i kept losing it because i keep getting this choked out are you tracking with me on this okay so it, can anybody else can anybody relate to that is that just me Am I the only wicked one in the room that ever finds myself trapped in that pattern? If I ha- Listen, if I have to be the only wicked one in the room, that'll- fine. At least I'm honest. At least I'm honest, right? But here's the thing. So, so how do we combat that? How does the Word say to combat that? Well, I know what everybody would tell you to do. They would tell you to go to, go to Matthew chapter 6. And they would tell you to go to verse 25 and start reading through there about, oh, the, the way that we do this is just not to worry, right? How many of you ever heard it preached? Man, don't worry about, uh, about food. Don't worry about your clothes. Just don't worry about things. And that'll be how you do this. You know, you just stop worrying, Right? Right? How many of you ever just read the Word of God, and where it says that in Matthew chapter six, starting in verse 25, where Jesus begins to go into, "Now don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat or drink. Don't worry about your body." You're basically saying, "Don't worry about all this stuff that's consumed your attention. Don't just don't worry." And so what we do is this: we sit back and we just go, "Okay, don't worry. Mm. I'm not worried." Have you ever tried to not worry? Have you ever tried? No, no, think about this. Have you ever tried the action of not worrying to combat worrying? Has that ever worked out for you well? Have you ever, have you ever just, <laughs> I love this. Uh, my, my wife, Sonia, is not a very uh, big nature person. And one time, <laughs> I told her this one time. Uh, she said, we were just talking about how she doesn't like being outside and being around nature and being around bugs. And I, my great uh, uh, thought process on how to beat it was to just, just to choose not to be afraid about it. Like, that's what I told her. I just said, you just need to, and I said it real adamantly. I was like, you just need to make a choice to not be afraid. Okay, that's, that's worked out well for me, right? And she looked at me like I had two heads, like, like, oh, really? Maybe just make a choice? Oh, I never thought of that before. Oh, I never thought about just choosing not to be afraid about something. Oh, I didn't realize that. Thank you. Thank you, oh, great wise one. And I'm like, my work here is done. Let us now head into the woods and be one with nature. It doesn't work like that. And so when we read that passage, sometimes that passage in Matthew chapter 6 is lost on us because we believe and we've translated that the way to not worry about the things of the world and be concerned about the things of the world is to just not worry. Just how you don't worry is just don't worry. And we think that the Bible is just telling us, as Jesus, the most practical man that's ever walked the face of the earth, that his practical plan is just to tell those that are coming after him, hey guys, if you don't want to do that, just don't do that. And we sit there and we just go, okay, okay, I'm going to just try, I'm going to just try to come to church and I'm going to try to receive this word and then I'm going to try to not allow the, the worries of the word. I'm just not going to worry. I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to just not worry, and that'll fix it. Only problem is, is not, that's not the pattern that he gave us. That's not the pattern that he gave us to combat the fact, because we translate not worrying with inaction. And in reality, Jesus says, do not worry. But in the case of being, when the case of him saying, do not worry, in the next breath, he says, do this. He says, I don't want you to worry, but I need you to replace it with these actions because how we combat the the spirit of worry and that spirit that would try to keep us in one place is there are actions to unfold. The first thing that we have to do is this. We have to have something established. I want you to look at 1 Kings chapter 18. Come on, we've got time, go there. 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 21. This is the story of Elijah, when he's getting ready to take on the prophets of Baal, and he says these words in verse 21, and this is something as believers that has to start becoming bedrock in us. This is the beginning steps into combating this wickedness of the enemy, Elijah is going to say this in verse 21. Elijah went before the people, talking about the people of God, and he says this, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, do what? Follow him. But if Baal is God, do what? follow him. And then the people had nothing to say. You know why the people didn't have anything to say? Because they were still of two minds. They had not yet had it established. Now, follow me on this. These are, quote, the people of God, that God has done great things, that God has established his kingdom and his nation in this people. And these people were silent because it had not been established in him yet solidly that he is either God or he is not. And listen, child of God, I'm not trying to kick you in the teeth right now, but I'm trying to kick you in the teeth right now. Why? Because I believe God loves us and it is time for the church finally to have this established. The way we work past this. And the way we move past that spirit of being worried about the things of today is that there has to be something in us where we have finally declared either he is God or he is not. And if he is God, then I will follow him. But if he is not, and I believe, follow me on this, if I believe that the things of this world are really God, then I will choose to follow them. I would rather, listen to me, I would rather people sitting in church make one decision or the other. And I believe that it is the same with heaven. I believe that heaven would rather have us say that I believe that the things of this earth are actually God and attempt to run down and serve them or just finally just say, God is who he says he is and I will serve him. Why? Why? Why do I believe that? Why do I believe that God would rather have us say either the things of this world and the cares of this world are God? Because I would rather you, listen to me, I don't want you to, I'm not encouraging this, but I would rather you try to chase down the things of the world to find out they are not God and come to the end of that so that you have to finally reveal, be revealed that there is one true God. Does that make sense? I used to say this all the time when I was a youth pastor. I used to say this all the time. I would rather, I used to joke and say this. and I said, I would much rather deal with a room of 500 kids that are strung out on drugs than 500 kids that grew up in church and think nothing's wrong with them. You know why? Because at least the kids that are strung out on drugs at least know that they're broken. Are you following me on this? Like, they, they're not of two minds. They know where they're at. This ain't good. Okay, that's, I would rather deal with people like that that have come to the end of themselves than people that are sitting in church that are in the mind of God but also in the cares of the world and they just think they're okay because they're sitting in church. Are you, are you tracking me on that? And so it has to be established in us. Once and for all, like Elijah says, either God is God and he is Lord and we follow him or he's not. So the first pattern of this, the first pattern of breaking away from that cares of the world and how we get out of this pattern is there has to be something with when I wake up today, like the word would say today, this house, me and my house, we're going to serve God. And I believe God is Lord. And the pattern that he has set out for me, which we're going to see here is the one that I'm going to chase after. Follow me on this? Come on. Some of you are going to sit there and say, oh, this is simple stuff. I am trying to give you a weapon here that will break you free maybe finally from 20 years of just sitting in the same space. So we need to establish, number one, that either God is God or he's not. And I believe that if you are here and if you are listening, I I genuinely believe that you believe that God is real. Okay, so now let's act on it. So then what does he say? So then what is, the, what is the pattern if it is not just sit there like we think Matthew chapter 6 says and just, hey, to beat worry, just don't worry. In all reality, Jesus says, listen, I'm telling you how to beat the cares and the things of the world is to replace it with this pattern. And the pattern is this, jump down to verse 33. He says this in, in Matthew uh, chapter Uh, chapter 6 and verse 33, it says this, but seek first, what? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, Jesus just doesn't say to his children, he doesn't say to his followers, hey guys, how you don't worry is just not worrying. He says, listen, how you replace worry is to focus and to change your focus, meaning to seek first the things of the kingdom. And I love this, and we don't have time to do this, but go back to Matthew chapter six. Go back to Matthew chapter 5. He lays out a pattern, a pattern in our giving to the needy, a pattern in our prayer, a prayer, a pattern in our fasting about how we can bring even our flesh under the lordship of Christ through our fasting, how that we can store up treasures in heaven and not be worried about the trinkets of this earth. Jesus is saying, listen, guys, listen. If you want to break out of this pattern, Of receiving the word and then having it choked out, then what has to happen is there has to be a conscious decision, not just to not worry, but to replace that worry with actually walking in the pattern that I'm giving you. See, we think, we think, we think. When God says, do not worry, it means do not have action. In fact, the opposite of that, that the enemy's plan is to worry and do nothing and just, how many of you have ever just, that worry has just caused you to almost freeze? Anybody? No, no, raise your hand. I want to see that. No, no, you've worried about something and it's literally just, it's got you and gripped you to the point where you just don't move. You have to understand that worry's design, that wicked scheme of the enemy, is to get us to not move. The only thing that worry can do is steal from you. It never adds to you, ever, ever. There is nothing that worry ever adds. That's not its design. Worry is designed to freeze believers in one space. It's designed to, to, to choke out the words that they've already received and choke it out and keep them chasing down more words and just keep them in one spot. But Jesus says, so how do we move past that? How do I not get hung up and, and thinking about the cares of today? Well, I replace those thoughts, I replace those patterns with thinking about waking up and strategically planning Being purposeful. You've heard me talk about this for the last six months. Being purposeful about I'm going to wake up today. I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm going to worry about the pattern of heaven. And the pattern of heaven tells me to be concentrated and focused on storing up treasures in heaven. So instead of me worrying about how I can draw trinkets into my life, I'm going to change my thinking and begin to think of how I can store up treasures in heaven and how then my day goes about that. Are you following me on this? Listen, I I know some of us are going to just walk out of here and and all you're going to hear is, is, yep, he said, don't worry. Yep, he said, focus on heaven. I am trying to give you a practical pattern on how to walk out of this because I am tired of myself, I am tired of seeing people I love, and I am tired of seeing the church being trapped in this wicked pattern and being trapped by this spirit of worry. And one of those things, and how he tells us to get us out is is we have to grab on to the pattern of heaven. We have to purposefully wake up today. And when worry wants to creep in, we just say, you know what? I'm not going to just not worry, I'm going to replace it with, okay, I know that I, I might even have a financial need, okay, I know I've got a financial need, but I'm going to try to figure out today, how can I strategically, how would God want me to do and to sow and to give, how would God, and I'm not talking about in a bucket, I'm not talking about in a church offering, how does God want me to be a blessing, how does God want me to be a blessing, not just in my finances, how does God want me to be a, a blessing to those around me and sow into them joy and peace and sow into them words of life? How does God want me to do that? How can I strategically do that? Because when I start doing that, when I start taking those steps, it's amazing how worry has no traction. Have you ever had those moments when you've been battling with worry, but then all of a sudden you decide to begin to focus on something else or somebody else's needs? How many ever done that? If you haven't, maybe try it. But how many of you ever had that moment where it's like, man, I I am struggling with this. I know I have this need, but I turn my attention to somebody else, and all of a sudden, it's as if this thing doesn't have me anymore. Are you following me on this? It's amazing. It's amazing, even in mine and Sonia's life, when there have been financial needs, in those moments, listen, the the power of being generous is not in those moments when you are in abundance. The power of being generous is in those moments when there is even lack. It's easy to be generous when I have more than enough when I'm giving out of a surplus. But when I am, and follow me on this, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about when I am when I am struggling in my own mind, when I'm struggling and when I, I feel like I, I don't even have enough joy for me, I'm going to give to somebody else the joy that I have. I'm going to speak life into them. I'm not going to bring them down to my space. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to give whatever I've got. And it's amazing. It's amazing the power and the, uh, of the plan of God when you begin to do that even in the Muslim moments of lack. See, that's that shifting. That's that shifting. Man, I know I have a financial need, but you know what? What do I have around my house that I could bless somebody with? Oh, but, but, but wait a second. What is, how does that help that thing at all? How does that help me get that thing? It doesn't matter about things. I am gonna focus on the plans of heaven and the plans of heaven say that if I focus on this, if I seek first the things of heaven, if I seek first his kingdom, then all those things will be taken care of. So I'm going to shift my focus when I'm in lack in whatever area and I'm going to focus on giving out what I do have. What do I have? What do I have? Well, what can I have that somebody else needs that I can give them? What do I have in and word that I can call somebody up that I know that they're struggling, and I can get them on the phone and say, man, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? How can I reach out to you? Is there anything that I can do for you? How can I do this? Why? And you sit there and say, well, that's just sticking your head in the sand and not thinking. No, this is a biblical pattern. This is a biblical pattern on how to break out of these things. In fact, Jesus is going to say this, and we'll just close with this. Jesus is going to say this, or I'm sorry, the writer of Corinthians is going to say this. And in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, meaning all times, in times of lack, in times of abundance, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen to me. This, the Bible teaches the Bible. Paul knows that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 that we should seek first the kingdom. He is not stating some strange doctrine uh, about chasing down trinkets. He's saying, listen, you will be provided for in everything that you need because God is a good God. Everything that you need to accomplish the goal and the plan that God has for you is available and God will give it to you. But how we receive that and how we are not double-minded as James would say or how we are not allowing the enemy to steal out those things so we stay spinning our wheels, how we receive those things so that we can actually move forward in our faith is to do what Matthew says or what Jesus says in Matthew, but seek first his kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Are you hearing me today? Listen, I'm trying. Uh, My job, as your pastor, is to not give you messages and not not stand before you and try to make you laugh or cry or feel something or have an experience or, or wow you with my words. My job as your pastor is to stand before you and go, here's what the word of God says, and it is a pattern of life that will take you from death unto life. How to grow us up in maturity. Why? So that the kingdom can be revealed through you, and through this house. That's my job. And so today, I am trying to give us this pattern. I do not want to see my friends and my loved ones in this house being stuck in the same place. of Just maybe another Sunday, and I'll get that word back. Oh, I know I lost it over the week because the worries of the world choked it up. You know what? But I'm going to head back on Sunday and sit in that same seat, and I'll get it this week, and it'll be different. Man, I don't want to see that anymore. I want to see the church, Freedom Church, play our role, standing up and say, God is who he is. And if he is who he is, I'm going to follow. And he laid this pattern out, so I'm going to follow this pattern. Because I trust that he said in 2 Corinthians that he will supply everything I need abundantly. So that I can do what? So that I can just have all kinds of trinkets and be healthy and wealthy and wise? No, so that I can be the representative of the kingdom of God that he wants me to be in all times and in all places, never being held back by worry, never being distracted by the cares of the world because I've already taken on a plan of the kingdom. Are you following me today? Come on, man, this is simple stuff, but it will change your life. It will change your life. No, it'll change your, Sharon, am I right? This will change your life. It'll change your life. It's a pattern of life. It's a pattern of life and we need to grab it. So let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, I wanna pray for us. Does this help anybody today? Yes. Huh? Yes. Good. That was way more than four people, so we're doing a good work. I always tell people here, if uh, all I need is just, just four people to say amen, and man, we're doing a good work. We'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. I'm so thankful for parents that are even bringing, because they know that they don't have children's ministry. I'm just thankful for and I always tell parents, I mean, you need to thank parents around them. If you've got kids under 10 years old and you're here, man, and it's, we just thank you. If you're not here, we get it too. We do. But I'm, just, I'm thankful for that. And children cannot distract me. I have enough guys running around in my head that are, that are saying and talking all the time anyway. So you, I can't be distracted. I love, I love seeing little ones. I don't care if they're running around and coming up here. It doesn't bother me at all. I love it. Love it. And let me pray for us today. Come on, the thing that I'm gonna pray for today is simply this, because here's the thing. I can't lay my hands on you, not because of social distancing, but I cannot lay my hands on you and put this in you. Do you hear what I just said? I can't lay my hands on you, even though I believe in the laying on of hands. I cannot lay my hands on you and make you finally go, God is God. I can't lay my hands on you and it finally go, maybe I'll finally just follow the pattern of the kingdom and that will replace my worry. If I could, I would. It has to be a choice. There has to be repentance. And then there has to be action following. And my prayer, so let's just do this. Let's just lift our hands. Father, my prayer for us today in this house and for those that are watching online, My prayer is that we just have a revelation today. We have a revelation maybe that maybe we've never had, that maybe that finally for once, we just know that you are God. You're God. And because of that, even let us be reminded by the breath that we just took and the heartbeat that just pounded. Father, let us be reminded that you are in control. And if that's the case, then you have patterns for us that are set up for life. And Father, you're... Your desire is for not for your children. My goodness, your desire is not for your children to be consumed by worry. Your desire for us to be walking into life and to be representatives of the kingdom. And so Father, let today, let there be a replacement of worry. Let there be a revelation of the fact that maybe we've been trapped in that cycle. Let that come and then let repentance Come, I'm begging for that, God. Let the spirit of repentance rest on us. Why? So that we can repent and then act accordingly and not just worry, but we will replace it. We will be strategic about how we walk through our day. We will be strategic about how we will operate in the patterns of the kingdom. We will be strategic about those things and we will see and the testimony will be, we will see worry and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Let it be so, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Come on, does that help anybody today? Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 9400 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.